Oh, yes. Let's rise to our feet. Ah, I can feel life already. I don't know what it is other than the Holy Spirit's actually trying to wake us up this morning. Lord Jesus, we just say right now that we give ourselves to you. We give ourselves to your process. We give ourselves to your journey. We give ourselves to your life. God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that this morning would be a day of breakthrough, would be a day of personal breakthrough, would be a day of actually connecting with the Spirit of God in a new and fresh way. I declare fresh life today. I declare life today. God, let your life come this morning. Rejuvenate us and cause us to reach higher in Jesus' name. If you're wondering what to do now, it's agree with that prayer that Jen just sung. There's something about the Lord is trying to bring us to right now with, with this posture. And you think, well, man, I've surrendered so much. What do I do now? It feels like I've surrendered everything. All I keep getting reminded of right now is the Lord gives beauty for ashes. But unless there's ash, unless there's things that have been burnt down to the ground, he can't restore it with beauty. And so our prayer and our posture should always be, I surrender. Because, what, because the inverse is just not worth it. And so Lord, right now, I, I pray for us. I pray for us right now that we would actually enter into a true surrender, a true laying down, a true burning of the things that they might be turned to ash. Everything good and everything bad, everything, so that you might give beauty for the ashes. And so, Lord, I surrender. On Wednesday night, during our prayer meeting here, we gathered at the front and, and um, we made a call for people to release visions and pictures and dreams and words that they'd heard. And, you know, typically when we have a meeting, there's a few people that come up. But on Wednesday, something different happened. More people, different people, people that you don't normally hear from actually released something amazing and it was beautiful beautiful and I really feel that today the Lord is bringing us to a place of openness once again I don't necessarily mean let's all just share our words but there's something deeper that the Lord wants to do in our hearts this morning there's in every one of us every one of us a barrier that we've placed between myself and the Lord. And I point to this barrier because I can feel this morning the Lord wants to lay that down. He wants to come and he wants to take the bottom and, and topple it over. And we think, well, I feel okay, I feel all right, 
But I'm saying that there is still something there because clearly the power of the Holy Spirit is not fully operating through us yet. And so there is more. Now don't tune out yet because this is important. Vulnerability, surrendering, laying down one's right, or in some cases even one's dignity, is an amazing path into the presence of the Lord. I think of a man like David who was a king and a ruler and a conqueror, and yet there was something in him that was laid down so that he could become even more undignified because there was a path to the Lord that he knew was there. And so this morning, there's a grace on us to lay down these things, this barrier, and actually become more undignified. <laughs> there's a freedom that can come this morning. There's a true freedom that is about to touch the people of God across the earth. And it won't come from us boasting of power. It will come from us falling to our knees and praying. It will come from us laying down everything. And the path to the Father shall be lit before you. And as you start to give yourself to the sound right now, maybe you've never done that before. But I encourage you this morning to just... Give yourself into this. It's not about how you sound or even how it looks. But there's a place in us that becomes more undignified, meaning I will become unashamed to worship and to interact with God in a way that I haven't before. We surrender this morning. We think of vulnerability as weakness. We look at that structure and we say, that's weak. And I'm supposed to be strong. But scripture says that Christ's power is made perfect through weakness. There is a vulnerability that the Lord is asking of his people today. So often we stand in front and we, we stand in front of others and we try to teach and tell them how it should be. But the Lord is turning the tables on us this morning and he's saying, I want you to be vulnerable in front of. For I shall teach through your weakness. I shall teach through your laying down. I shall teach through your surrender. There is a transformation coming to the world. A transformation that is coming and will sweep across the nations. And we think it'll be like to pick up arms and to bear arms, but it's actually to let go of them and to lay down. Not to be pushovers, but to allow something pure and holy and righteous to rise up. Verse
there's just my own ideas or opinions or thoughts about how things should be laid out. But it comes through a vulnerability and a surrender by the people of God. And the first place he tests us is right now. Are we willing to lay down? Are we willing to surrender? Are we willing to lay down all the dreams? Close your eyes if you have to. But focus purely on this moment right now. Holy Spirit, speak to your people. Show me where I stand. Show me where I am. Show me, Lord. Show me my place. The truth. The truth. Do not wallow in self-pity right now. Do not wallow in the sin right now. Do not rub yourself down with the sin. I'm telling you that you're free. I'm telling you that the blood of Jesus has washed and cleansed you. If you're truly repentant and truly turned away, then he will come and forgive you. What I'm asking right now, though, is to lay down the things in the position that we think we hold the things where we think we are greater than we are. The very thing that you don't want to know is the thing that we have to know. And I know because I'm facing it right now. Where's my place? Where am I? What am I doing? Ask the hard question. There is a grace and a mercy right now to ask the hard question. Am I out to lunch? Show me the truth. Because the truth will set us free. I'm asking, Lord, that you would not let us escape. Don't let us escape. Pull back the covers and let the morning light shine brightly into our eyes. Don't let us escape. Even in the dark night of the soul, there is light.
even right now, if you feel completely out of tune, there is still light. This isn't, this isn't a club that we're saying, like, if you're in the light, you're in the club, and if you're not, you're just not in it. That's not what this is. This is a call from heaven. When I take photos in the middle of the night and you'd say that it was pitch black, the natural mind would say, well, you must just bring lots of flashes and just light up the whole area. But that's actually not how it works. How it works is you must take a longer exposure there must be a longer length of time that you are allowing light to penetrate into the camera. And the picture translates perfectly because if you feel like you're in the dark night of the soul, a short breath of it will not expose what needs to be exposed. It must be a prolonged exposure. It must be something that takes time, but you give yourself to and are patient with the process. But there's times like right now that the Lord ordains from heaven that he says, I am going to amplify the light in this place. I am going to dial up the sensitivity in the spirits. Really, we're just pushing the shutter. We're clicking the button on top saying, yes, let there be light. I'm asking for your light to come and shine. This isn't just Jesse's idea. This isn't just a select few's idea. God, I lay down that. And I want your light. So I've got imagery going through my head. Uh, scenes of testing. This young man, there's a destiny laid out in front of him and, and he's confronted with a test where he's got to put his hand in a box and he says, what's in the box? And this high-ranking opponent says, pain is in the box. And his test is he has to be, endure the pain. The pain is all here, but what he says to himself is fear is the mind killer. It's not the pain that was the problem, the fear was the problem. And then it jumps to another scene of, you know, the dark night. There's two boats out in the harbor, and each has explosives on them, and there's all prisoners on one and all citizens on the other, and each boat is given the detonator to the, to the other ship. And it's a test of character. And in this last year, I've been awake in the middle of the night at different points. So I'm awake last night, and I don't know if you've seen the movie Don't, if you haven't. But this cop gets tested all the way along the pursuing a, uh, a deranged murderer. And this cop is trying to solve, trying to solve, trying to solve until he finally comes up to the end of this murder spree's plan. And he's got to make the decision about whether he completes this murderer's plan or not. The test for him is 
do you become the thing that I think you are? And I feel like there's this season of testing that's coming to us. And the question that keeps rolling over and over in me is, have we underestimated the test that's coming? It's one thing if you're doing a, a math quiz. Here's another one. Just this week, my daughter's like, tests. I got so many tests this week. And the thing that I hate about this one class is that they don't give us the study guide ahead of time. They don't tell us the test is coming. They don't tell us what the test is on. So have we underestimated the test? Do we assume that life is moving along like normal and that there's no consequence and the little things that I've been doing and allowing and permitting, are they really meaningless? Are they, ah, doesn't really matter. It's not that big a test. It's just a pop quiz. It has no value. But I feel this urgency rolling over and over in me. Have we underestimated the value of the testing? And the test is about who we are. What shall we be? It's about revealing our present state. But it's also about revealing what we could have been. There's no fault in over-preparing. There's no fault in over-preparing. If you've done too much, then the test is easy. But should you come up against a test that you weren't ready for? The grief, the breaking... And what if it, there was a year's worth of experience in your life that was hanging in the balance, that your test meant, my next year is determined? What if it was a test for a 10-year cycle? We don't understand the testings of God. We don't understand the dealings of God. We've been so casual as the church, not just us, but the church in the... The West even. We've been so casual. We don't know what testing is. We think we understand. And we're so casual. But I feel a soberness. I feel like decades of the kindness of God are starting to shift towards we're coming into view of more of the severity of God. God will not be mocked. What a man sows, he reaps. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth. There is nothing hidden that will not come to light. And the last thing that went through my mind is the Garden of Gethsemane. The disciples have failed out. He's like, Haven't, couldn't you one hour? And after he chastises them, he lets them know, okay, trouble's coming and whatnot, but I have prayed for you, and it will turn. And so, Jesus, we're asking in this season, in this hour, that you would pray for us again, that you would intercede before the Father for us again, that we might endure in this test, that we might endure this season that we might be found faithful, that grace would be given to do what is required of us. God, we're asking that you would reveal hidden things, that you would build into us disciplines that we do not own. Father, we're asking that you do above and beyond what we are capable of. 
so that we may stand in this hour. God, we're asking that a sobriety would come over us about the meaning of the hour. Father, deal with how casual we've been. Deal with how flippant we've been. Deal with the parts of our hearts that have actually said he is not watching. There is no consequence. Oh, God. You will not be mocked. You send forth your word and it always accomplishes what you send it to do. So, Father, we're asking for a word to be released to this house in this season unto holiness, unto vulnerability, unto intimacy, unto transparency. And there is something to uh, <clears throat> kind of realize as well in the midst of this, and that is that... Um, the school example is a good one because during the test, the teacher is silent. The teacher doesn't actually come in and help during the test. Most of the time, they don't stand up at the front and say, rah, 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 you got it together. You guys know everything you need to know. You'll get it. You'll get it. Don't sweat it. Calm down, everybody. Just, just get in there. Do quick. Like, there's no instructions. It's like, turn it over and start and so I just you know I know this isn't the most encouraging thing I've ever said but at some level we can't be reaching out during the test and saying God I just I just need you to tell me that this is a test just just tell me that this is the test you know if we look at Job Job was going through everything God didn't say hey Job don't sweat it okay at the end of all this it's all real good Okay? You get a new family, lots of kids, lots of riches, more than you had before. It'll be great. He didn't do that. He's actually saying to Job, well, he's not saying anything, but prior to, he's saying, where are you in terms of your commitment, in terms of your faith, in terms of your belief? What are the things that are already established? What are the things that you know at the bedrock that irrespective of the circumstance, irrespective of what you're hearing or not hearing, irrespective of how close you feel to me, irrespective of what the people around you are saying, what are the things that we've already established together? We know this. This is true. It is absolutely bedrock. It's foundational and nothing that happens around it's going to shake it. And we see with Job, it didn't shake. I mean, there was a time when he was saying, he was willing to say, this is not fair, which he was still wrong about, by the way. Because one of the things we know about God is that he is just. We just have a bad concept of what that justice implies. So I just want to encourage us, though, that the testing is never for condemnation. Once again, Jesus came to the earth to die so he didn't have to judge us. There's nothing here where God's trying to figure out those I should smite. 
you know, this is the God who created the universe with a word. If he wanted to unmake the universe, another word would do it. This is the God who is reaching out and, and, and actively trying to, to get us to establish those things in our lives that allow us to walk with him and eventually to rule and reign with him. This is, this is the process we're going through. So there is no part of, of any of this that is, you know, um, is, is for your hurt. It's always, 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 always for our gain. And once again, if we have those things bedrock, established, so they are unquestionable at any point, then actually we learn in the test. We figure out, oh, that's something I didn't know yet. Hmm, I didn't do that one very well. So that's something I need to establish now. I need to know how to do that better. So the test is still for our good. It's for our benefit. Amen. So I'll, I'll share a test that I failed. Uh, two or three years ago, I don't remember which, I had been traveling with Mark several times a year, um, starting to step into more influence and, and effectiveness and stuff like that. And then without warning, I ran into a test. Mark went to Russia in January and I was supposed to go with him. It, it was as far as he bought a ticket for me to fly there. And January that year was also the year that the new Edmonton Arena was closing. And I'm in construction. That's the signature job. And I went from, yes, I'm following what I said I would do and honoring my leader and obeying God and I shifted over to here because, well, obviously you have to bid this work and whatnot. I didn't know it was a test. I didn't recognize my heart in that moment. And it's been three years of going around the mountain since I failed that test. I'm finally coming back around where I feel like I'm ready to take the test again soon. But three years because I wasn't ready. I wasn't staying focused on what's important. I didn't get the arena, by the way. So all that happened was I failed a test, and three years in business has actually been wasteland for us. We're paying the bills. God's intentionally kept us alive with ravens and manna type work, but nothing from the results of my own hands. the tests come, but you have to pass them because they have consequences. I failed it. I don't want to fail it again. I don't want any of us to fail our tests. You need people around you to help you to see that it's test season. Keep me accountable. My flesh is trying to do this, or I'm trying to veer off into this, or my time isn't managed. We need people around us to say, hey, what are you doing with yourself? What are you doing with your time? Is this what God wants? Is this kingdom first? I can't tell you how many times over the years I heard, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added. And I'm, I'm all good for the last half and everything will be added. Awesome. But I failed the first part of seek first the kingdom.
My family has suffered because I failed. There is a price to pay for failure. Crushed, but not broken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Those kinds of things. And I feel on this body, there is such a call. There is such a call. We are so destined for important, influential things that we don't get light tests and we don't get off easy. And we're finally maturing to a place where we can take some serious tests. I pray that you would speak this morning. Let your word come from heaven. We're just not, we're not able to do this ourselves. I've come to the conclusion, and I mean, you get to certain levels of it, you get to certain places of it, and you think, oh yeah, I understand that I can't do this myself. And then all of a sudden it comes again, and you're like, wow, I've relied on my own strength. Well, this whole time, And the Lord wants to break that. And it's not that we're meant to be weak, weaklings. It's, it's not that at all. And we always, like, we're always trying to flip the pendulum back and forth. Like, well, it's this. No, it's this. No, it's this. We're supposed to be weak like this. And like, no, we're supposed to be strong and conquerors and more than that. And it's been the whole time. It's, it's never been about either one. It's about something much deeper. And so I stand here this morning before you, and I have no idea. You're like, well, you must have an idea. I don't have an idea. The only thing I keep coming back to, and this is what I said I wasn't going to do, I wanted something, like, tangible that I could give, like, some sort of, like, awesome thing truth that I can package up and hand to everybody, and so you'd go home today and actually want to unwrap it, but I can't do that. As much as I want to be something else, I realize that I, I just can't be. I have to pour myself out like a, like a drink offering every single time before everybody, and I mean, is it embarrassing? Yes, 100%. 100%. But there's something about what the Lord is calling us to, to, to be open and to be free and to be unashamed. And I, I fight against it. And I know we fight against it. We want to put on, we want to put on the face. We want to put on the cloak that, that would like seem powerful. We want to put on the strength and all those amazing things. And there is an armor of God. There is something that we're meant to be girded up in. But the problem is we're trying to wrap the armor around someone that's incredibly fat. And it's just not made for that. <laughs> it's the only way it came to me. We try to wrap this armor around, 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 around me that I try to wrap it around... And he's like, yeah, it doesn't fit. Because I'm trying to cut something away. I'm trying to get you to 
break off this thing so that I can actually fit this to you. Because the armor that we have has been fitted. And it's been fitted in heaven. There's actually, <laughs> sorry, there's actually like blacksmiths in heaven that are actually fashioning armor for the saints right now. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's measured already. There's a, there's a way it's supposed to look and it's way it's supposed to fit on people. And this whole time, these whole tests that we go through, this whole process is to get us in shape to actually put this on. Because, I mean, can you imagine an army of, like, obese people trying to fight with swords against, like, a really good army? Like, think about it. And I want, I want, <laughs> and I want to, like, go and fight. I was like, yeah, I want to go do that, but I know if I ran 100 meters out into the field, I'd fall over and die because I just can't even make it there. I got winded going up the stairs. Then I liken natural things to spiritual, because that's how I think. The spiritual things, like, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Like, I come in here and I get winded after 10 minutes. Oh, I got to stand. And it's like some sort of like accomplishment if I can make it through. And all the time he's like, I'm trying to train you. I'm trying to get you in shape because I have something for you. And it's not to, like, I, I, I believe, like fully believe that there is like destinies and amazing things that God wants to release. I totally believe it. I'm not doubt, I don't even doubt it. I know it's going to happen. The, the problem is, I'm not in shape to even like put on the helmet. And again, like, oh man. Like, I'm not saying again, like, you have to like work your own salvation to get all that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I'm not in shape. It's like, well, you're, you're a pastor. You should be one of the ones that is. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But I don't know. Maybe I'm supposed to be like everybody else. <laughs> maybe, that's the, maybe that's part of the problem is that we have this idea of who the leader is supposed to be, and we think of them as like this guy that's supposed to be in shape, that's supposed to be able to wear the armor properly and never supposed to be hit. And we like want a leader that's like perfect, and it just isn't that way. It's never been that way. Jesus is the only one that was ever led perfectly. And look what he did. He did things like so counterculture. I mean, he did it the right way. <laughs> he did it the right way. And so I think that I'm speaking more to church in general, but we look at leaders and we and we criticize because because they don't fit the mold that I want them to fit. They don't fit the, the routine. They don't look the right way. They don't sound the right way. They don't, they're not supposed to show the weakness. They're supposed to show some sort of strength that I can get behind. But what if God was asking a people to be leaders by showing everyone else what they're really like? And I know it's, it doesn't make sense a lot of the time. I, I mean, I, I'm the first one to admit it. Like, if you think, 
I don't know. I wish I could show you my brain for one second and show you how much it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm, when people come and talk to me and say, like, it doesn't make, I don't get it. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Yet I've been thrust into this, into this spot. And let me tell you, if you're like striving to want to be some sort, this is a side note, if you're striving to be, want to be some sort of leader, well, that's great. But you have to realize the cost of things. We always look at things and, oh, I want that. I want that car. Yeah, you realize that's like 280 grand. It's sure it's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's meant to be. It's just, it's not what you think it is. And I mean, Jesus, we look at Jesus and, and we, <laughs> somehow he says, like the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And it's like, oh, take me off the cross. I don't even want anywhere near that. I don't want anywhere near it. And we talk a little bit about like a test or a, or a, or a challenge or like a, a light shining brighter in us. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be near the cross. I just don't want to be near it. But we have to be. We have to be. Dai, could you go? You're like, okay, where, where, where are you going? What are you doing, Jesse? Well, and I know, again, like I said this a number of weeks ago, but I know I'm not alone in this. And the Lord's brought me to a place, and I have to acknowledge it being him, because he's bringing me to a place where I know many people are at and where many people feel this kind of, like, I don't know state. I just don't know. And it's not that we're questioning the, our faith. It's not that we're questioning who Jesus is. It's, it's none of that. It's just that there's this I don't know. It's like I try to do something and it just doesn't work and I try to do this other thing and it just doesn't work and I just don't know. And so we have a choice to make because the things hang in a balance. It's like you, you choose one thing and it goes one way and you choose another and that's how everything works. But that's how it is right now, right here, right in, even in our small body. And so I want to choose life. I want to choose light. I want to choose the things that I'm supposed to choose, but it's just not easy. And I remember the scripture is like, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. And I don't even want to go into the sin part, but that's definitely a, a piece of it. But it's something even much deeper. It's like, I want to believe. I want to sing full-heartedly. I want to be all in with everything. But I just don't. And I find myself like pulling out and disengaging. And maybe, the, maybe this is a test. I don't know. I can't really stand here and say it is, but... I mean, it feels kind of like it. <laughs> Are you willing to even just put yourself out there? Are you willing to even just like hurdle one thing? 
In the last six months, my life has drastically changed. Drastically changed. For better or worse, I don't know yet. I just don't know yet. But there's things that God is placing in us as a people. There's things God is placing in us as individuals that is meant to be able to leap over things. It's meant to be able to break through things. It's meant to be able to grab hold of things that he has. Yet as I keep, as he's like, okay, now run, I'm out of breath. I keep coming back to the scripture and I woke up with it first thing this morning. And I don't know if I'm thinking about Christmas, but it says it's better to give than receive. And I looked through the Gospels, and I'm like, Jesus doesn't say that anywhere in here. It was actually in Acts 20, verse 35. And it's Paul that quotes Jesus somehow. I don't know how it happens, but that's one of the times it happens. And he's talking to the people, and he's saying, okay, guys, I'm going. This is Paul talking. I'm leaving. Verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver, gold, or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands are provided for my necessities. And for those who are with me, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this. <laughs> so if it's supposed to be a cakewalk, he's saying it's not. That you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now I want us to look at verse 36 because it's, this is what I'm getting, or actually verse 37, but. And when he said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Verse 37. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. Sorrowing, sorrowing most of all for the words which you spoke. That they, would, that they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. I don't know why that's hitting me so hard today. But there's something about when you give. There's something about when we give of ourselves and, and can lend our power to anything of God. There's something about lending ourselves to anything that God says is good that is much better than receiving anything. And I don't know what there is with that, but I, all I can feel today is that as I talk, I'm just giving of myself. I'm saying, hey, here I am. I'm gonna pour myself out before you. And I hope that something happens. And it says in the scripture right here that when he did it, he knelt down and they all wept freely. There's a freedom that we're just not grabbing. There's a freedom that is meant for us. There's a freedom to actually be full-hearted. There's a freedom that we, 
oh, I, it's just there. And it feels like I can almost make it tangible. I can almost grab it. But there's t- I just can't yet. See, wow, you seem pretty free right now. Oh, it's even deeper. I know it is. I know it's even deeper. And so, Lord, I'm asking right now. I can feel the hearts in this place. This is one of the gifts that the Lord has given me is to to quickly diagnose where we are at. And I can talk to you for, I'm I'm not kidding, I can talk to you for 10 seconds and feel where it is. And so I feel that a big majority of us right now are just in this place of like, I don't know. And I wish I could just kind of like come and like, like take off the things that need to be taken off, but I can't. It has to be something that comes from you. It has to be a response from you. And if I can do anything, all I can do is just be vulnerable in front of you. For so long, like, I've tried to teach a certain thing and, and tried to, like, show a certain thing in, in my words and my ability and my strength, in my strengths. But I keep coming back to this place of, I just have to open myself up and let you see everything in here in hope that someone will say, I'm safe to do the same. I'm safe to stand and do the same thing. Lord, I pray, I pray for your grace that you would allow us to stand and to show this is what's going on. I can't handle, oh, I can't handle putting on a face. I can't handle faking it. There's nothing more that kills me inside. Feeling like I can't just let what's in here out. And there's something I believe Paul did, and I don't know how he did it. Maybe it was like this. I don't know. He seemed pretty smart. But he understood something about his heart. He understood something about his place. He understood something about being free. And he was able to talk about these things openly. And culture of the culture of church done over a hundred years has been the opposite. Make us look like we're strong. Oh, we're this kind of a church. We're this kind of a church. Look what we can do. And it's like a bunch of Kindergarten's running, kindergarten students running home and showing everyone their picture. And the parents are like, oh, that's awesome. But the older siblings are like, that sucks. What are they talking about? And yes, God is happy. <laughs> he's happy when we step out and do something. But he's, <laughs> he's letting his light shine. And he's trying to break something. And if he has to break me to do it, then let it be done.
If he has to put me there, then let it be so. If he has to humiliate me, what are we willing? What are we willing to do? Right now, I am asking, like, if you feel a refraining from feeling, from being vulnerable, if you feel a, a resistance to actually allowing kind of that process to happen in front of others, I believe there can be a freedom right now. I believe that there can be an opening and a safety around that opening for you in this place in this season, in this time. A season doesn't last a long time. It lasts a few months. But there is a season right now where it's safe to be vulnerable. And you think, well, no, it's not. It's not safe at all. I'm saying that the grace of God is going to cover something. We, we can't look at people being the... <laughs> people are going to step on things. That is a given. But there's a grace of God right now, and I can feel it, to be actually open-hearted to be full and vulnerable in front of others. A God, and God will protect you in this time. God will put his hand in, in, and comfort the areas that need to be comforted. It's just a matter of stepping up. And I know that there's resistance to that because everything in our flesh is contrary to that very thing. Everything in my flesh wants to be strong. It wants to stand out. It wants to be exalted. But remember the scripture that says, the spirit is willing. The spirit is willing. The spirit is willing. He will, he will be your comfort. He shall hold you in his right hand. But the spirit is willing. The Spirit is willing to open something up for you right now. I ask and I encourage you to let yourself just dive in to this truth that the Spirit is willing. The Spirit is willing. The Lord says to be even deeper in the honesty to me right now. The only thing, here it is, the only thing that's ever helped is me just releasing what's really in my heart. And I know, don't ask me how I know, I just know that he's trying to get a body of people to do the same thing to give, to give and lend of themselves. Actually, give. Don't even say lend, because that means you're going to, like, you expect something. I'm talking giving. Giving in a way that has never been thought of before. Giving in a way that would, like, be beyond money. Giving in a way that would even be beyond cup of water. Do you know the cup of water that Jesus was talking about? That was like a starting point. 
That wasn't the end point. That was the starting point. You're supposed to give life and life more abundantly. Like when, when the guys were walking through the streets and someone asked for gold, he's like, ah, gold, silver, I got none of that. But what I do have, I give, and I give it more abundantly. There's something with that that's supposed to happen. And we want that. We want to see those great things. We want to touch those great things. But he's like, yeah, I want you to as well. But can you give like 15 minutes on the treadmill? Can you walk around the block once? (laughs) And that's where it has to start. So I'm going to make a call as a leader, I guess. <laughs> I laugh because it's like, I, I thought I knew what leading was. But I'm going to make a call, and it's this. That you would give. And give more abundantly. In whatever way that looks like, but... Because I'm not really interested in a form right now. I'm not really interested in like a certain way it looks right now. All I just want us to do is just to start to give. And if it's like something as small as like a loaf of bread to a neighbor, fine. But just as long as something starts to pour out. Because as I stand here every Sunday and like I'm waiting for the pour out. I'm waiting for God to pour out to me. I'm waiting for God to like do something to me. And it's like I've been waiting for you to pour out for ages. Can you pour out? Can you give? And that's why Jesus went around and and did that other stuff with people. He's like, just, I'm showing you a little picture of what it's like to give. And you know what it does in the natural. You walk up to someone and give them 20 bucks, you're like, they're like, well, that's great. How much more in the spirit? How much more? And I know it's hard to, like, measure, because you can't really measure it. But it's more. It's just more. And so if you feel the wall right now, if you feel something coming against you right now, I'm saying the way to break through is to give. I'm saying the way to break through it right now is just to give. And the thing that you're coming up against, like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Just give. Just give. Just give. Give of yourself. Give of the, I mean, There is a tremendous seed of life in you. There is a tremendous river waiting to rage forth from you. Just give the trickle first. Give a cup of water first. But I'm telling you, if you start to give that, in the spirit, there will be a raging river that can flow from you. There will be a thing that can fill oceans in a matter of moments coming from you. In dry and weary lands, there is a river that is flowing it's from the people of God. It's from the innermost being. Rivers of living water will flow from you. And I can't get away from it. I know that every time I stand here and weep in front of you, there's something in me that rises up like right now. And I know that the river is coming. And I just have to open the taps. There is influence that God is ready to lay on his people. There is influence that God is ready to hand down from heaven. Rulers of nations, rulers of cities. 10, 20, 30, 100 cities. 
ruled by the influence of the kings and the priests on the earth. And you look, you say, well, they must have inherited something amazing. Yes, they did. But there was a requirement they must give first. They must come to the place of humility. They must come to the place of repentance. They must come to this place. And from there, from the ashes, I shall rise them up with wings as eagles and beautiful as the dawn. There is something coming to the body of Christ and it frustrates me that it's so close yet I can't grab it. Yet I know by faith if I come and I stand before and I give, something will break open. The time to remain hidden under the cloak of falsehood is coming to an end. The time of standing and making something appear that is not is ending. True humility. True humility. True openness and true freedom is coming to this land. Influence beyond what you can imagine. I don't think we understand what influence is. I'm telling you, there's influence coming from places that you don't even know about. One of the most inspirational, one of the most, sorry, influential people in the world right now is a guy on YouTube who has almost 50 million followers for making video game movies and yelling and swearing. <laughs> That's it. He makes over a million dollars a month just on his videos. I'm not kidding. The numbers are there. And we look at influence like, oh, I influenced my, and I'm not, don't, I'm not saying this is bad, but we're really happy when we influence our neighbor and that's it. I'm not saying don't do that, okay? It's a good thing, but there is more. There is more. There is influence that is coming to the body of Christ that will far outweigh anything that a kid on YouTube can do. But it has to start somewhere. And it has to start with the reality of where I really am. And God, this morning I say that I just don't know. But I'm willing. And so I say, take my eyes. And take my hand. And lead me into what needs to be influenced. Now I pray that you would come to this people right here and take their hand and lead them into the influence that they're meant to have. I ask that you would come and allow them to be vulnerable and to be open and to be free, much like you are. The time of hiding 
has come to an end. I have found you. And for us as a people, as a, as a ground, I pray that we would be able to receive the river when it flows and not just flood and become useless, but that it would cause something to flourish. And so I'm asking right now, Lord, that the rain that comes and makes the ground soft will come and start to hit us. I hope and I pray for us, for you, that you would not feel that you couldn't be vulnerable, be open. I pray that this is a change for you. If you would take anything from right now, say, well, at least I know what's really going on in them. And let that be a marker for you. The same thing was displayed when he went to the cross. The joy that was set before him, he endured it and became the picture of leadership, became the picture of how we are meant to live. He poured himself out as a drink offering, saturating something in the earth that had been crying out for moisture in a long, long time for a long time and he came and he satisfied it. And I think we're meant to do the same thing. To saturate a dry and a weary land. And so Lord, I ask again for I don't know how many time, but come and saturate this dry and weary land. In Jesus' name. Amen.